okay. What? Where? I know. John. John. What? Where? Where's the taco machine? Oh, um, it needed to be punished. I put it on timeout. Joe, Joe, what did you do? I asked. I wanted a taco, and it gave me a hot dog. Uh, that that it, it, it's its logic board has been fried ever since Squid was here, and she <sighs> convinced it that hot dogs were tacos. You you could just be happy with the hot taco? dogs. Hot dogs are not tacos, sir. Yes, but they are edible, and now we have nothing edible. We do not have hot dogs or tacos, sir. It is a taco machine, not a hot dog machine. <sighs> okay. Okay. Does does Dallas know about this? Um, well, if you look out the window there. Okay. He he went to go get our hot dog machine. That's <sighs> disguising itself as a taco machine. Okay. Well, I guess we need to order yet another taco machine. Does anyone know where the catalog is? Uh, I think it was on the taco machine. You know what, John? I think you're the one that needs to be punished. Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous super-orbital spacecraft. Their mission? To conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as Terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of discovery and wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Bottom Shelf, uh, a an extension of the Geek Devotions Network, the network dedicated to letting you know that you are loved. So if you do not listen to anything past this point of the episode, know that you are loved, you are cared for, and there is a plan for your life. Uh, that being said, I am John. Are you? Uh, Dallas is not with us today. Uh, he is out fetching the taco machine that is on timeout because it feels like hot dogs are tacos and they are not, uh, with me today though, we do have Branson. Say hey, hello, hey, Branson. Hey. hey guys, how's it going? I'm here. I'm hungry, but I'm here. Yeah. Well, you know, you'll feel better when the taco machine gives you an actual taco instead of a hot dog. But see, I actually like hot dogs. I almost like hot dogs better than tacos. Do not tell Dallas I said I that. will He'll shoot you out the airlock, too. <laughs> uh, I mean... and, <laughs> and also with us today, we have the angry Irishman himself, my adopted little brother, Kevin Burnham. How you doing, Fuzzy Wuzzy? <laughs> I'm actually doing quite horrible. Oh, Say, um, er earlier when I was trying to open my car door and the handle just snapped off my car door and then I had to put on one of my favorite dress shirts and the button popped off. So now I'm kind of afraid to leave myself in the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There went our all ages appropriate rating. 
Good job, Kevin. <laughs> this oh, is PG, gosh. right? PG. <laughs> uh, however, the film we are are going to be well. What film do you have for us, Kevin? Oh, um, it is the movie with John Travolta and Thomas Jane on um, the Punisher, which was made in what two thousand and it. Wait, I got this mixed up. Oh wait. The Punisher of 1989. Sorry, got, there are oh. so many Punishers out there. It's hard to tell because I got this, the War Zone. <laughs> then there's that recent one, and there's like anime one. So yeah, and they're all in here. So let's see this one. They're the Punisher all 19- in. <laughs> yeah, they're all in here. I don't know why. Anyways, oh boy, is is um, the is the old is the Netflix show in there too? Actually, no. That is so weird. Hmm. I wonder hmm. why. Maybe because no it idea. started with Daredevil and then expanded. They had a chance to set up the character a little more. Huh. Interesting. Huh. I should check that out. But meanwhile, no. let's talk about this. What? Go ahead. Let's, oh, talk, let's about talk about this this, movie. this VHS case that I have right here. Now, let me see. The Punisher was made in 1989. It is 92 minutes and it's rated horror. It is directed by Mark Goldblatt. Goldblatt. Who, I don't know how you say it. And, but he, if you may know him, he, might, he also directed a one other film called Dead Heat which was the year before, 1988. However, he is better known as an editor for films such as The Howling, The Terminator, Terminator 2, Predator 2, True Lies, and Super Mario Brothers. Well, he actually oh. has quite the, he has quite the uh, resume editing going. Skills. Yeah, he for directed, editing. He directed the live-action Super Mario Brothers? No, he no, edited. He, yeah. Oh, he edited. Oh, He okay. only directed two movies, this one and Dead Heat. Oh. Um, now, Dead, also, Heat, Dead Heat, was that the one that had... Uh, John Belushi? I was thinking Joe Piscopo. Crap. I should have looked it up. I didn't even look it up. I just seen right there in the back of the case what this says right here. Uh, well, while you're doing while you're reading the rest of it, I'm going to look up Dead Heat to see if it's the movie I think it is. Yeah. It's also written by Robert Mark Kamen. Now, he is pretty well-known writer because he has written every Karate Kid movie that was made, including the remake, which was with um Jackie Chan. He's also written the Liam Neeson film Taken. And the transporter. The oh. music is done by Dennis Dreith, who also may be well known for a cult classic film called Purple People Eater. I've never <laughs> heard of that film before. So just to, just to break back in here, Dead Heat was the movie I was talking about, starring uh, Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo. Oh yeah, so, I forgot about Treat Williams. Yeah, a lot. Of I remember him for about. that. I remember him for a movie that I very much enjoyed. What was that? Um, The Phantom as the villain. Mm. Oh, man. Anyways, this film also stars a barely awake Dolph Lundgren. It has, <laughs> it has Steve Harvey's older twin, Louis Gossett Jr. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I've, now I, that you I say that, that, yeah, I thought that was him <laughs> at first. <laughs> it also stars a villain named Jerome Krabby. Krabby? Krabby? I, I don't speak French. It's got like a French last name. And an actress, Kim Miura who is um, Asian. And yeah, that's what I have for this film on a video on a VHS case. All right. Uh, now there is some warning labels, so I'll just pass. There's not very many. So you want to read the warning labels on this VHS? I, that... I can't see them. You can't. Um, oh, that's right. You need your glasses. Let me go ahead and just um, take this back and read it from you. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you go ahead and read it? Okay. Okay, well, here, I'll take this back because um, I obviously forgot your glasses. This is the warning label that's on here. Starring Duff Lundgren as Dolph Lundgren. 
Okay. <laughs> I don't know All how right. to take that. I I, I don't know. I, I I it's still hard for me to see Dolph Lundgren as anyone other than He Man. Because I've never seen He Man. Masters of the Universe from Okay. Think, so never seen that one either. Oh well, I if if it ever ends up on the bottom shelf, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a top shelf for me because I love that movie. I think it's okay. spectacular. That is, if it's in the dumpster, I haven't gone that far in the dumpster because we're just oh, barely okay. scrapping the top of it. Oh, John, okay. have you seen any other Dolph Lundgren films other than Rocky Three? Uh, I have. I also or was it Rocky Four. I also saw He Man, um, and I have seen the Expendable movies. Yes. I Duh. forgot all about those. Those are great. <laughs> so, but I don't what know. What kind of expectations I'd... are we having for this movie? Because I know for me personally, I have seen this movie really about a good 20, 25 times. It was just one really? of those movies I, I, I watched when I got it from a pawn shop oh. um, about like three years ago. And I watched it and I fell asleep the first two times but after the third time i stayed awake and i just watched it all the time almost every time before i go to sleep that's part of why i have such a violent attitude with such um horrific nightmares every time i go to sleep <laughs> uh well to be honest i saw this movie with my dad um back in 1990 1991 around that time period um and it was my first introduction to this character because i would i didn't grow up reading comic books so uh, in the fourth grade, I saw this movie when I was in the fourth grade, basically. And uh, your parents are so much more like awesome. liberal in your minds. My, my parents would not let me watch. Any, I couldn't watch a raid R until I was like 17. And then when I watched it, they were like, turn your eyes away, Joshua. Turn your eyes away, Joshua. I was like, yeah, my <laughs> 17. Close your ears, Joshua. My parents <laughs> took me to the movie theater to watch rated R movies when I was young. So wow. I mean, it's it's just my parents had a my parents had a perspective of you know I'm going to be subjected to it at some point anyway may as well be around them where they can talk about things with me so that's mm. the reason why I'm I'm such a, on such an even keel with a lot of things um that's why you don't flinch when you see gore it's like a, whatever a hot head popped up with blood spraying everywhere whatever. I mean I I <laughs> anyway so because I saw it at and I haven't really seen it since so. You know, I have a Ooh. lot of I have a lot of nostalgia and a lot of warm feelings about this movie. Um, this movie is really what put Dolph Lundgren on the map for me as well. Um, so, like, no joke. You know, like when you're in the fourth grade and and they have you write letters off to celebrities to see if they'll come to your school and read books to your class. Yeah, I literally wrote my book, my letter to Dolph Lundgren because I wanted <laughs> I wanted the Punisher wow. to read me a book. Did he wrote you back? <laughs> no, the jerk. Uh, right. I, to be fair, I wasn't sure what his command of the English language was at that time period. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> what are what, what what are your expectations for this movie, Branson? Uh, I don't have high expectations. Uh, I've never seen this film before. But really? I, yeah, I, I, I never watched it before this. Um, I I don't much care for the character, the Punisher, uh, just because I'm more of an idealist when it comes to my superheroes. I don't mind them being a little anti-hero so long as they struggle with their inner darkness. Punisher doesn't struggle. He just embraces it. You know, I'm well, you know what they say, him. the best way to deal with temptation is to give into it. I don't know who said that. They were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) 
I always heard to put a pack of C4 right there and watch it explode from a mile away. But yeah, we can go there too. Uh, that that works. That's what the Punisher would do, I'm sure. Uh, my first exposure to the character was the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first time I saw... I mean, I had an idea of who the Punisher was just because I was a Marvel fan in general. But the first time I saw him in any kind of media was the, the 90s cartoon. So that was my introduction to the character. Uh, I did see uh, Daredevil Season 2, so I saw him in that. And I didn't mind him so much in that uh, because they played him against daredevil who was a kind of a straight laced hero. So that was a neat uh, dichotomy there. So I, I really don't know what to expect. I mean, I'm, I'm always open to be surprised, uh, but I, I don't have a lot. I, I don't have high hopes. I'll put it that way. Okay. How about we just surprise ourselves and just go watch this movie? Well, why does everybody try to step over my trivia section? My information bit. Because no one cares about trivia. They just want to hear our thoughts and hear how much we hate the movie. That's why. I don't care. I put work into this. <laughs> I, I, thought so, the trivia, I thought the trivia comes after we watch the film. No, it comes before. No, it comes before. Oh, we were okay. stepping over. We were just stepping more to the side of it, okay? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this movie was, uh, was created on a budget of $9 million. $9 million. $9 million. In wow. 1989, money. So uh, three times as much as Captain America. Yeah, I think it shows. Uh, okay. <laughs> Dolph it shows. Lund- now Dolph Lundgren did most of his own stunts in this movie. So when you see things happen, it's probably him. Uh, all the fight sequences were performed by real con- were performed with real contact by the actors to give the fight scenes a more sense of a realism. Oh damn! Um, yep. And because the uh, uh, Kyokushin Karate Champions, uh, Kenji Yamaki and Hirofumi Kanayama, sense of honor would not allow them to fake it. That's some spot on Japanese. Oh my gosh. Uh, I took a a quarter of Japanese in college. Oh, that explains why it's just right. Nice. (laughs) Um, I have to slow down because I'll start putting in uh, syllables that aren't that don't belong there. Um, uh, now, pay hey, welcome atten- to my world. <laughs> <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> pay attention when we're watching this movie at about the one hour marker. Uh, I guess uh, Dolph Lundgren's character Frank Castle has a flashback about his family and his daughters are both wearing Spider-Man pajamas. And uh, oh. I guess. I guess director Mark Goldblatt did this to pay homage to Spider-Man being as the Punisher first appeared in amazing Spider-Man number one twenty nine from February, 1974. Okay. I'm going to pay attention to that. You said around the one hour mark. So now I'm going to have to put my timer on and just click it right there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here now. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. Apparently there's a torture scene in this movie. Uh, and Dolph Lundgren gets so sweaty in it that when they were shooting it, his body had to constantly be wiped down. Right. Is that how you felt like when you ate that Tony Satchery's when you had Uh, that allergic reaction? No, no, that has, that was a lot of swelling. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what that was. (laughs) Sure. Um, (laughs) oh, Mr. Lundgren, you look so sweaty. 
All we right. cannot have this. Moving on. I will take care of that for you. Don't you worry. <laughs> Let me take care of these cracks and spots. All, all the nooks so, and nannies. I'll take care. <laughs> when I when I found out, okay, so when I found this this next, I did not know this about Dolph Lundgren, but apparently he's a karate, he's an international karate champion. Oh, really? Yeah, because wow. uh, to prepare to prepare for this movie, he uh, he actually had to revisit, go back to his training regimen uh, from his days as a martial artist. Um, so during this production, he weighed only two. He weighed two hundred twenty pounds, uh, and that was the same weight he was when he when he was a uh, international karate champion. Wow! Yeah. I bet you he did not took Irish kung fu. <laughs> well, I mean, dollar store dollar store uh, Gandalf was uh, probably busy at the time. Yeah, probably drinking at the pub or something. Uh, okay, so here's here here's my final um, here's my final factoid i'm gonna throw out here and this is the one that shocked me the most so dolph lundgren was not the original choice for that mark goldblatt had for frank castle in this movie okay the person who was originally chosen to play frank castle in this movie uh, and was not actually used because he had injured his ankle and was unable to accept the role And, and that person was christopher lambert what right hmm. no way can anybody imagine the highlander himself being all frank castle and actually the... i could no like, the more I, I i could i could i could see him doing that i haven't watched highlander yet so i can't say nothing you haven't watched highlander no i've told you this before i'm so Kevin. busy watching all these crappy films i don't have the exact time to watch highlander Oh, I'm spending yeah. all my time watching these freaking crappy films all the time. Sorry. Okay. Well, <laughs> the other, the other Highlanders don't matter, but the first you had, come well, on. you have to see the first one because eventually we're going to end up watching number two. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see it in the dumpster bin unless you've been going in here and I haven't. Well, I'm just assuming because I'm I've seen predictions. I, yeah. That one just makes sense to be in there. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I guess when we get at least the top scrapped off, then we can see what's in the underneath this whole big pile. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell you what, guys, let's stop talking about it and do the deed. All right. Let's get in that theater and uh, get this movie going. Yeah. Let's pop the sucker in and see what we get. If, if for some reason it does not actually show the Punisher movie, John, do not punish the projector. Okay. We have to stop punishing things when they break. But the guilty need to be punished. Uh Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. Okay, when you say they wiped off all the sweat, there were still some areas of sweat I've seen pouring around his body. Just figure I had to let you know that. Right. That's what I'm saying is that he was so sweaty that he had to constantly be wiped while they were filming that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's what we're going to go. They must have. I think they missed a couple of spots in the behind. Them. <laughs> well, all right. Let's 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 talk about this movie. All Should right? I read the back of this VHS or what? Uh, yeah. Sorry, I guess we must have sidestepped that as well, too. Nah, it's fine. Go ahead and read. Yeah, let's read this. uh, uh, I guess I'll read the back of the VHS. 
the avenging angel of Marvel Comics. Fane comes brilliantly to life in this searing action-adventure thriller. Dolph Lundgren stars as Frank Castle, a veteran cop who loses his entire family to a mafia car bomb. Only his ex-partner believes Castle survived the blast to become the Punisher, a shadowy, invincible fighter against evil who lives for, photo reve for total revenge on his mob enemies, lashing out from a labyrinth to subterranean sewers. The Punisher leads a heavily armed raid into a world of brutal crime, savage retribution, a world where only one thing is certain, the guilty will be punished. Like our taco machine, apparently. Yeah, hey. we better get that freaking taco machine back because, you know, I do <laughs> like hot dogs, especially all beef hot dogs. Thank you. I'm telling you, it, it may not be a taco, but it is still food. Yes. Protein. Some of us like to eat. Fat. Sodium. Ingredients I can't read. Come on. <laughs> Monosodium glutamate. Yeah, that oh. thing. <laughs> That's how you know it tastes good. <laughs> <clears throat> well. Let's get down and do some spoiler-free chit-chat about uh, this movie here. Uh, Branson, let's start with you, being as you're the resident comic book nerd. Okay. Overall, the, the, the general impression I got is that somebody watched Batman 1989 and said, hey, let's do that with a Marvel Comics character and have a whole lot more F-bombs. There were a lot of elements about the film that I don't know if this was done on purpose or what, but it felt like they took elements from Batman 19. I, I kept feeling like I was watching Batman 1989 Marvel comics edition uh, without the attention to scenery that Tim Burton put in, uh, you know, it didn't have that, that dreamy esque, but, but a lot of the things about the character types, the, the shots, the, the way the shots were done, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, Oh my gosh, this is boring or whatever. I just, it just felt very familiar. Mm. Uh, you know, I, once again, um, I think I would have enjoyed the film more if the language had been toned down a bit. Uh, not, not that I'm one of those people that says, no, you can't have a single swear word in the whole movie. I mean, if it, if it fits, it fits, but it just felt like, you know, I've, I've read once that, that directors will deliberately throw content into a film to make it rated R so people will take it seriously and think, Oh, this must be an adult film. I felt like that's what they were doing. Now, when like, you say an adult film meant for adults, <laughs> not <laughs> yeah, let's get this let's get cleared. Get okay. Your mind out of the gutter, John. Yeah. But this is more of a mature t tone yes, towards a film and that, not that, just like it, it's, it's bring like, the teenagers and kitties to like, Oh, we're going to watch Spider-Man. Okay. Right. Again, I was eight. So, <laughs> Okay, well, well, in general, it's like they were afraid that being based off of a comic book would somehow make this a kiddie movie. So they were doing as much as they possibly could to make it not a kid movie. And instead, it came across as very over the top. And, and that that's true of the, the, the violence, the language, all of it. It just felt very, look, we are so not a kid's movie. Aren't we cool? So that was disappointing. Um, you know, it, I didn't hate it, but I, I wasn't, I, I was more wild by Captain America with all of its flaws than I was with this movie. Hmm. What about you, Kevo? What's your, uh, what's your take on, what's your spoiler free take on this movie? Well, you did mention with the trivia that he did loads of training with his karate and everything else. Mm -hmm. 
I wonder how much lore tabs and oxycons he was chowing down to do this because he looked like he was barely awake throughout the entire <laughs> film. Like he's like, I'm gonna pass uh, any day now. I could just gonna fall down to sleep. See, I I kind of took that as him trying to do a trying to do a Sylvester Stallone impersonation. I kind of felt that because <laughs> at wasn't this okay? You could probably look this up while I'm still talking. Was this before or after Rocky Four? Rocky Four. Yeah. What was that? But anyways, with this, um, it just felt like he was just always exhausted and tired. Maybe he came right back to back from doing that. This I would don't be know. After this would have been after because Rocky Four came out in '85. Yep. Okay, so he probably still thought that he was like, "Well, Sylvester so Stallone did it, I can do it too." <laughs> um, well, I mean, if, Louis if, Goss- if, you, oh. if you think about it, because I mean, Punisher is kind of like an urban Rambo. So yeah. I yeah. mean. Actually, now that you mentioned it, I'm, I think Sylvester Stallone would have made a great Punisher. You know what? I wonder how. Now, he did have the looks of it from what I saw in the comics, because I have some of the mm-hmm. early comics that I like to just look at. And he does look the part. He just doesn't have that makeup because that, that painted makeup on his beard was just so distracting. It, it went from like light tone to like, okay, a little bit more makeup to make the beard because he can't grow facial hair. <laughs> Who are you yeah. talking about, bro? Dolph Lundgren, he cannot grow facial hair, so he they painted the beard on him. Oh, you're talking about the stubble? Yeah, that five o'clock shadow, whatever you want to call oh, it. okay. Yeah. Because unlike us real men that can grow real facial hair, he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> My beard chops wood in half, okay? It splits right down <laughs> for fireplaces. <laughs> Underneath um, his beard, under my chin. Yeah, there's a fist. fist right there waiting to punch you. <laughs> That's, That's Chuck why Norris's I, beard, bro. <laughs> well, well I, 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 I make sure I put Irish butter and some bourbon just to give that nice, you know, mm, scent to. Anyways, enough about me. Um, Louis Gossett Jr. He was actually pretty decent. I, I like him. I'm surprised I, he doesn't did him. too many more roles. Yeah, like. I'm trying to remember, like, what else has he done? I can't remember other than I. My father worked at the postal office. Okay, so there was this movie called The Postals or The Postal Inspe- Inve- Inspector or something like that, and they promoted it. And Louis Gossett Jr. was in like part one and part two. I remember my father was coming like, "Hey, look, they're making a movie that's funded by us." And I'm like, "Okay, Dad, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I can't watch it. It's radar. Remember?" <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I I I can only think of one Louis 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 Gossett Jr. Uh, Louis Gossett Jr. movie off the top of my head that I remember specifically seeing, and I enjoyed that movie a lot too. Um, it was made, it was made for HBO by HBO. It was one of the early H- HBO movies that was made. Um, and it was co- it was a western called El Diablo, oh. and it was it was starring uh, Louis Gossett Jr. and I think Anthony Edwards was the uh, was the other lead in it. Now I need to check it out because I love a good Western. It's it's a solid movie. I enjoyed hmm. it quite a bit. Oh yeah. I remember the other movie he did. Um the one with um that guy who who does all the Christian films, Left Behind movies. What what's his name? Kirk, Kirk Cameron? Cameron? Yeah, he did the Kirk Cameron Left Behind Three, where he's the U- That's US right. President. He, did, he was in that. That's oh. yeah. I just remembered that. Three. I miss, I you're not missing anything because they left you behind. <laughs> <laughs> I only saw number two and it was number two. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very nice. Top um, notch elegant. 
All right. So from my perspective, uh, my spoiler free thoughts on this movie. 100... Anyways, let's get into the whole um, discussion points of the movie. Let's just skip over John's part. And... Shut up, dude. <laughs> Careful, this... Kevin. He's in a punishing mood right now. I am. I'll shoot you out the airlock. Uh... <laughs> Make me escape from all my torture and pain. Uh, this movie. 100% 80s action film schlock. Like when you think yeah, of eight, I can agree with that. If you if you if you think yeah. of 80s action films like Cobra or Commando or mm, put this in there right in there because the, this is this is what this is the movie in my opinion that earned Dolph Lundgren his spot in the Expendables movies as far as I was concerned. Uh I could see that, yeah. So much tasty stupid eighties action in this, that it's, <laughs> mm, it's so is it it's, tasty or is it tasteless? Because ta- I think no, Brandon just said taste, tasty, sir, because it's just, especially if you're raised on it, like I was, you know, I watched Rambo back in the day. I watched uh missing in action with Chuck Norris. I have you never know. seen a missing action film. <sighs> There's like what? 15 of those things. I've only, I, to my awareness, there's only three, but okay, I don't know. you're probably right. Um, so I mean, this just it fills that void, you know, Tango and Cash, um, yeah. all that, mm, so good. Uh, and the intro to this move to this movie, you know, the the intro sequence where they're where they're showing the intro credits and stuff like that. Yeah. Did anybody else get James Bond vibes from yes, how they were doing I that did. intro? I did. <laughs> that was totally a James Bond introduction. Absolutely. Uh, me, I actually liked it. I think it's one of my favorite ways for a film to open because, I mean, while the music is just okay, nothing spectacular, it sets that mood and tone for what I expect and want to see from a film. Now it mm-hmm. tells me exactly what kind of movie I'm getting myself into when that happened. Like I said, the music wasn't that great, but the scenes how it was showing from one scene to the next in that circular bullseye fashion. Mm-hmm song it's like okay this is going to be like a film about corruption and crime and mafia and explosions and all the other stuff that you expect from an 80s action film Mm -hmm. per se but yeah i like that beginning um so but if i was going to sum up all my thoughts on this movie spoiler free without uh in just one concept i would say take take first blood set it in an urban area and give it the attitude of RoboCop. Yeah. Okay. No, I've never seen First Blood, but I definitely got the RoboCop vibes. Uh, dude, dude, you've never seen First Blood? I've never seen First Blood. The very first I, Rambo yeah. movie. I, I, I know I, what I, it is. I've just never seen it. It's my favorite Rambo film. It's everybody's I, favorite Rambo film. <sighs> uh, there's some people I know who don't like it. And, I, and they're I, wrong. I, so yeah, that's why we're, that's why I'm no longer <laughs> friends with them. <laughs> And John's punishment <laughs> list gets longer. You know what? I'm sorry. The I just guilt, had an idea. I had a thought. The guilty need to be and I know it's, it's pretty random, but what, how awesome would it have been if they just um, make, I'm, I'm into video games, so if we'd like the Batman Arkham games, but if they did Rambo style like that, the Batman Arkham games, oh, Arkham Knight, yeah, but Rambo that. has all these places and he's like jumping around going from like from the city to the woods and everything else. And he's, that or if they made a movie where if they, because I'm pretty sure they're going to make a re- remake for Ramble. Ramble versus Predator in the City. No. 
I know. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. We can, they can do it. They'll do anything else. Come on. They make shark topulous. They make Kevin, sharknado. They make all those weird Kevin, films. Okay. They can do this. Kevin, what? they already did it. It's called Predator 2. No, but I mean, we need <laughs> Ramble now. We don't need um, freaking Danny Glover or um, Nick Nolte or Gary Busey's son, whatever. It was Gary Busey, bro. <laughs> Gary Busey. They all, they all look alike. Whatever. I'm Gary Busey. No, this is before <laughs> Gary Busey went five flavors of insane. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to the section that everybody's waiting for. Let's hit that spoiler section and hit it hard. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. Branson, question. I'm yes, sorry. sir. There's one thing I just remembered. What's that? Wasn't there a, a like a Punisher versus the Terminator in the comics? Uh, I felt like, yeah. I know there was a Robocop. Wasn't there like a Punisher with the Robocop or a Punisher with Terminator fighting each other? Seems like there would have been. They, the comics do that a lot. They'll cross over. Like, I know they had a Batman versus Predator at one time. Uh, okay. I just, I'm sorry. Bro, I know Predator, the Predator showed up in the Archie comics. All right. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. You're right. Okay. Let's it's just see. random thought. I'm going to stop my random thoughts. I, I I will research that while y'all get into the spoiler stuff. All right. Spoilers. Well, Kevin, let's, let's go through the movie. I mean, we already talked about that title sequence and how James Bondy it felt. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what was, what was the character's name in the beginning? What, it was like Dap or something. I was like, oh, um, I thought you guys were going to make a joke about that. The, um, the not Mafia boss. Like Dapper Stan or Dapper Steve. Oh, I no, like, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. You didn't that. catch I, that? Okay. I, I, I really thought you guys were going to joke up and then I like, watch everyone say something. It's like, they didn't? Okay, good. We'll move past that because I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> what did you think of um, the Punisher's introduction? I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, me personally, when they introduced Deuced him when after he killed all the mafia bosses, which I'm gonna be honest, I laughed my butt off because it started off as a slasher. Did it start off as a slasher to you guys, or it felt that way to me? I, I it, could see it. Yeah, they, they made the Punisher like a monster. They, they were treating it like a monster movie, which is exactly why it felt very Batmanish to me. Okay, you know, because you've got all these bad guys walking around a house, and he magically appears. His fist comes down and knocks a guy out. What was you know, that? He didn't even knock him down. He just like put his fist down and all of a sudden he stabbed him. I'm like, that's the most impossible move because you're upside down and only see your arm. How long is your arm? Are you Mr. Yeah. Armstrong? You're like Mr. with that stretchy Armstrong guy. So you want to go like in the that. bathroom and practice that into the mirror again, Kevin, come back and try it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I just thought it was an impossible kill. I thought it was funny, but I, I was busting out laughing because when it, and, and it showed him and then it, um, I noticed in this movie, okay, again, we're not on spoilers, so if you're listening past this point, then, well, that's your problem. Um, <laughs> he had no skull on him. Wasn't yeah. the Punisher always that had a skull? That was one of the biggest even, complaints about the movie is he doesn't have even a skull. Even to the end, there's no skull. There's like this wee little skull <laughs> metal thing on the knife stabbing, and they see it like, I don't know, 40 feet away. He's like, Mr. Punisher, sucker, I can't even look that far away from a letter. Are you going to tell me you Sir- can see that knife? Okay. <laughs> I thought I would have an issue with that being a you know but the thing about it is i'm okay without the skull like if he if he if honestly i think he would have suffered the same problem with captain america if he would have been running around in a skin tight unitard with a skull on it and this felt more realistic like if yes yes i just kind of i think 
for me personally. I just kind of wish this goes in. Is that something to take it away from me? It's just that it just felt so, I don't know, odd for the skull, for the skull. That was the skull tribute was on the knife. In, yeah. in the same way that, because, you know, I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the analogy that Branson did with saying that this had a lot of the feels from Batman 89. Um, because you can't say they based it off of each other because they were re- they were being made at the exact same time. Right. Yeah. So, um, what I will say is that they basically look did what Batman did did, and they looked at this property and they said, "How can we make this seem realistic and not hokey?" Yeah. And I think I think putting him in all black clothes, sans skull on his on his outfit, took a lot of the hokiness out of it. Yeah, because if you look at if you look at I mean, I'm assuming you guys have seen the Thomas Jane Punisher and or or and or Warzone, which are the other two. Yeah, I never saw Warzone, but I saw the Thomas Jane one. What me? No, I don't like I don't like movies. I don't watch nothing. Dude, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I watched the Thomas Jane. I've watched a majority of Warzone, but I know what you're talking about. And I understand taking away the hokiness because it is silly for an um, anti-hero guy to be going around doing that. I just thought mm-hmm. it would have been a nice, a nicer tribute if he maybe hit a spray can. He just sprayed it of the skull, whatever. Like, That's what they did in Daredevil season two. Like for most of Daredevil season two, uh, I mean, on the building or something like a mark. That's just that's just my oh, opinion. like a tag. Yeah, yeah, like, like a in tag the, or something. In like Daredevil at the end. season two, he spray paints a skull on a body armor, and that's where we see mm-hmm. the the skull come in. But that's not till the end of the season. So I I didn't actually have a problem with there being no skull because like like John said, if you put too much attention on it, it would seem kind of hokey. In fact, yeah. I want to say like Thomas Jane, they tried to incorporate the skull by making it like this cool T-shirt that is sunlight, and it just didn't it didn't fit, you know. So the the, the lack of yeah the skull for that film yeah yeah so the lack of the skull wasn't really problematic. All, all the other elements of the character were there, I think. I think with me, I mean, I think more I'm thinking about it. It's just more of it being on the knife that was like 50 feet away. And they're like, we know this. This is calling cards. Like you're not even touching. You're not even close to it. That knife was oh, just so, that symbol was so tiny. Yeah. I mean, I can't even see a cat on my car unless I'm getting really close. Oh, what was cat doing on my car? So how are you going to see the symbol of a, not a dagger on the person? Well, just because you have bad eyes. <laughs> well, you can't even read um, the, what, the, the warning label. Yeah, but I was smart enough to get glasses, so I could. Yeah, I now you got to. glasses on. <laughs> Anyhow, with that part, um, yeah, I, I just I bust up laughing with um when he did a fishing line or that um rope and hung the guy up and the explosions oh, yeah. happened. And that newscast like, are you filming? Are you filming? It's like, oh my gosh, shut up, woman. <laughs> <laughs> did you get this? Yes, of course you're getting it. You're filming it, and they're running closer. So I I did notice that as um. At the beginning, how first they're close, then they're far away, then they're close, then they're far away. If you notice that, like they're right by the gate, then they're not. They're almost to the mansion, then they're not there. Then they're close to the mansion. The guy who he stabbed is no longer there when the mansion explodes. Mm, that was just yeah. that's if you're nitpicking. But again, this is '80s, so anything goes. Type right. of film. Um, and the flashback scene happens with Frank Castle's car explosion. Mm-hmm. You I, know, I'm happy that they didn't spend a whole lot of time on that. I don't want. Like I am like, like I said, this is my first, this is my first exposure to the Punisher as a character, Mm -hmm. as a child, as an eight year old, nine year old child, 
I didn't need his origins to appreciate this movie. Right. It, there, there was just enough there to say, hey, this happened. This is what drove him to it. But they didn't feel like in the Thomas Jane one where they just had to rub your face in the backstory. And this is the origin. And Urgh. it's just mm. like, I, it, we didn't need to linger on it because that's not what people are there for. Right. What's wrong? You'll see, see Bruce hero. Wayne's parents see. die for the 15th time. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> or that or Uncle Ben dying every yep. single time. You don't want to see that again? <laughs> no. Please, no. So you're well, saying by can, just I... doing this, they already executed the idea. They already know you can move on because now yeah. you understand. Yeah. You don't need but... the origin to appreciate the movie. You just just toss it in. You can you can you can state it briefly, just like this. And they didn't even use words to say why they. I don't need to know why the mafia blew up his family. Yeah. You know, they just they, they did, and they, they just had said, a hey. news report at the very beginning that explained Frank Castle's connection to the mafia, and mm-hmm. that was it. That's all. It was you very need. brief. Yeah. I, I personally right. think that was expertly done. Let's just like, yeah. let's not linger on it. Let's move on. Cause that's not what you're here for. Right. Right. So maybe future superhero films should actually take note from this in the beginning. It's like, Hey, this is how you properly, you know, make a tragic story without going overboard. Mm-hmm. That's actually one of the things that I appreciated about, uh, the Batman from the get go. Oh, Batman. you're talking about, wait, are you ta- wait, which one are you talking about? You're talking about the, the new one? The, the Yeah. The, the newest one. Like this is this is the part where I tune out. Oh, have you not he seen? He hasn't it yet? seen the movie because I it's not his it. Batman. I won't see it. Oh, <laughs> oh, you refuse to see. It. Okay, yeah, he, okay. He, you know, well, whatever. Right. Movies in general, I, I agree with. Forget you. Forget John on this. For for people that want to go see a Batman movie or a Spider Man movie, you know, especially a property that everyone's familiar with, we want to see the hero. We don't want to see how the hero becomes the hero. We want to see the hero. So I do agree just having a snippet of, Hey, this is how he became the Punisher moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think was, was well done for this film. I really wish that, uh, Lewis Gossett Jr.'s character could have done more. Like, I feel like I love the acting that he did. I love the character that he was, but his character didn't seem to actually serve a purpose outside of making the Punisher care at the end of the movie. Like for most of the movie, he's just running around serving as a way of, 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 of us getting a background. Like he's explaining to his new partner. This is how I know Frank castle. This is who Frank castle used to be before. This is why I think he's alive. Yada, yada, yada. But he doesn't really contribute to the story until they kidnap him and say, we're well, going to shoot him. If you don't go fight the bad guy. And I, I feel like that's a tragedy because I actually liked his character. I, I liked that whole, you know, I don't care if everyone hates me. I know what I know. And I just wish they could have done more with that. What do you think they should have done different? The scene where uh, they're in the, the jail cell and he like fusses mm-hmm. at him yeah. because, you know, he says it was my family too. It was my family too. I feel like that could have been a theme throughout the whole film uh kind of like kind of like in uh ben affleck's daredevil the relationship he has with the catholic priest where the catholic priest is like i don't like what you're doing but i get that you feel like you have to so i'm gonna put up with it but i'm gonna tell you every chance i get this is a bad idea i think they could have done something like that like 
have the two of them work together mm-hmm. to bring down the, the, the mafias that were working together. And it'd be like, a, I don't approve of your methods. I don't like what you're doing, but in this case, I don't see any other way of doing it. So let's go. I, I feel like that would have been a better use of that character. I agree. What about for you, John? Was there anything different with um, Louis Gossett Jr. that you think of, or do no, you think I, that you liked his role in this? Because I mean, I'm I'm with B um, Branson. I don't know why I'm calling B Branson on it's this. Okay, yeah. Um, because I, I I agree that I think they could have did a little bit more with him, like at least show a, just a snippet of his back. I mean, he already showed me mm-hmm. um um Frank Castles. Well, with they, that they, short clip, they could do the same thing somehow blended together. I don't they know. They tapped. They tapped on it a little bit when he was explaining to his new partner why he was uh, fixated on Frank Castle. Um, you know, he he talked about his background, but that was a case of show don't tell. I think it would have been better if they would have uh, done done a uh, memory sequence rather than. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I'm sure that they had a hard. 90 minutes that they had to hit and if they went over it was going to be problematic with the, with the uh movie publisher so which yeah. i just remembered there is a longer cut of this film but it's oh, really? not available for the states it's it's available for surprisingly in europe and australia that doesn't surprise me because the, the uh publisher for this movie was uh australian was new world media which mm-hmm. is an australian label uh mm-hmm. so and actually at the time, and this is something uh, from my factoids I didn't get to because I didn't want to spend my whole entire time just reading off random facts. But during the time that this movie was made, uh, New World Media actually owned Marvel. Really? And, mm-hmm, and the properties. Wow. Okay. Which is noticed because I, um, on the in- when it introduced itself, and it said Marvel Comics, it said the Marvel Comics. So I'm guessing, is that what they were called before? The Marvel and not just no, Marvel? No, it it's been Marvel since the beginning, but. Okay, yeah. I'm just reading the back of the um, VHS and DVD I have. Well, and yeah, also in the I, beginning it said the Marvel, so I wasn't sure the reasoning why. Well, works. I think they overemphasized the what it, what it was supposed to say was the Marvel Comics character, right? You know, so yeah, they overemphasized the. I think that has more to do with the person whoever did the uh, script, the uh, script title, uh, the title work, uh, just typo sort of stuff. So this but, could have been the start of the MCU back in 1989. It could have been. And the thing about it was they were going to make, they announced a sequel to it. But, oh, really? Yeah. But the thing about it was that uh new world had gotten to a place where they no longer felt like releasing things cinematically anymore. And they started going direct to video. Yeah. And then Dolph Lundgren didn't want to reprise his character as well. Uh. Yeah, see, I, I always see I always associate New World with Zorro. They're the ones that produced that uh, mm-hmm. Zorro TV show in the '90s that I used to watch as a kid. So, mm-hmm. so that's uh, I was for, shocked for to see who, they were the same company. Yeah, for those of you out there, uh, New World no longer exists. So, <laughs> unfortunately, no. But they are um, bringing some of their movies back through. Like, um, mm-hmm. there's a collection called Vestron Video, which mm-hmm. was once a company, and they're redoing like. Uh, making the high def sound picture and everything else. Mm. So I've, I've been collecting them slowly, depending on which ones I like, because once again, I'm very picky about my titles. They should so do cut. Some. They should, they should do cuts of these movies for, for the, j- j- or at, 
add a filter that you can add to it that adds the scan lines and the tracking lines to give you the VHS <laughs> yeah. feel. So you feel like I think I, w- I saw that. I would have. I would have loved. I would have loved that for this movie just to get a little bit of the tracking lines and some scan uh-huh. lines on there. Yeah. Oh, that would have felt so right. I watched it. Well, you know, so. we could watch this again. I'll just scruff up this VHS all over the bathroom floor and let's see how that turns out. <laughs> let's not do that. Can we stop <laughs> referencing Velocipaster? I'm trying to bleach that from my mind. Yeah, I have yet to drink here. enough bleach. Wait, to make who it go said away. We was, we, I was referencing Velocipaster? I'm just saying randomly. You know, yeah, like that's a lie. Random. We live. Jesus is watching, Kevin. D- don't forget right. the whole reason we're without a taco machine right now is because of that whole hot dog is a taco conversation for that show. So, all right. So let's let's keep going with the spoiler cast um, here. So, yeah. So uh, we, we get um the mafia um boss and also the what was it the the, the can you speak today the the homeless thespian guy the Australian lad. I liked him until he started rhyming everything. Right. Yes. Every Thank freaking you. thing. I was like, get it. You're an actor, did, but did, did what actor rhymes with everything? Did he do that yes, throughout he, the whole movie or was it just that one scene? Majority no, of it. The majority of the movie, he was rhyming through the whole thing. I'm like, who died and made you Tupac? Okay. I didn't pick <laughs> up on it until I didn't pick up on it until he was like trying to convince the Punisher to go save the kids. And it was distracting. Like I stopped paying attention to what was happening in the movie itself. It was listening to him talk just like, to hear the rhyme. That is my only gripe I have about this movie. Legit. That's my only gripe I have about this movie because like if my biggest issue with the other Punisher movies is that they made it so stinking cheesy, mm-hmm. like, like it, not, not cheesy, like eighties action cheesy. I'm talking about like, it, it felt like the, a comic book property. It didn't uh-huh. feel, it didn't feel, I don't know. Whereas this one, I enjoyed this one because I enjoyed this movie. I'm, I, I'm telegraphing a little bit, but I enjoyed this movie because it had a little bit more serious tone to it right. throughout the whole entire thing. Like this, like this movie, you could take it away from its comic book property and put it up against movies like die hard right. or something like that. And it, it would yeah. feel in place until you get to a character that is rhyming all his lines together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think Punisher as a character lends itself to, he could exist in a world that doesn't have tights and superheroes and superpowers. Right. Like it, he's someone that makes sense, but that I mean, actually, look, look, that, that connects let's, back. Look, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, that, I was just going to say, go ahead, I was just going to, you know what? How about I just talk, okay? <laughs> Let's talk about this movie, how we can spoil if neither one of you do foil. Let's just keep rhyming. Let's rhyme this thing away. Let's go on. Stop, Kevin. No, just I, was, stop. I was just going to say, the Punisher is not a superhero. He's not. Right, right. There's nothing not. super about him. He has no superpowers. He has no speedy healing. Right. He, he's not super strong. He's just a trained individual who has weapons. He still goes in that. He fits in that genre of superhero. Movies. Well, it's because he's come from a comic book. But I mean, in all yeah. honesty, if you, he is the he is one of the few properties you can take from a comic book company like Marvel and be like, we're just going to make a movie series about him and separate it completely from this comic book universe, and it would make so much sense because Blade no was su- like that too. Blade as a property. I, I, I can kind of get that, but there's still an element of the fantastical in it there. It just kind of takes you well, a yeah, little but, bit out of it. 
vampires in a, of themselves aren't superhero stories though like that that's why blade works is you could put them in a vampire world right and it still I, and makes that, sense i can appreciate that but uh, it just it just if you're just saying i'm gonna make an action movie you know with yeah. no sense of right. fantasy to it right punisher is a character that would make sense it's almost like a jack reacher movie yes yeah exactly and, and that's probably why why he works like that it, it harkens back to what i was talking about with with Captain America, anytime you try to take something in one property mm-hmm. and translate it to another, something changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Punisher, there's not as much to change, you know, like you were talking about how the other movie seems cheesy. That was probably because they were trying to incorporate elements from the comic book story. Right. You know, uh, like, uh, geek devotions is in the middle of, of anime month. And, uh, I'm doing an article on My Hero Academia, and out of curiosity, I bought the first volume of the manga and mm-hmm. was reading it, and I actually find that I like the manga better than the anime because there's things that work in the manga that they tried to do in the anime, and it didn't pan off as well, but because I'm reading a a book, a, a sequential art book, there are things that they do that would make sense because I'm reading a manga, I'm reading a comic book. When you try mm-hmm. to translate that to something on the screen, it doesn't translate as well. With Punisher, there's not as much to translate. It's a guy with a lot of guns who's mad that his family died. That is universal. You could have that in several different mediums. You could mm-hmm. write a, a prose novel, and it would still work. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know why I watch movies? Because I can't read. I, I don't like reading. I like watching <laughs> movies. <laughs> That's why I go to the movies. I don't want to read the book. I want to watch explosions. I'll I want to see bad movie. guys stab each other like in this it's scene that came up with the first introduction of the action scene, which I think is the best action scene, in my in my <laughs> opinion, where he shoots that arrow right through that guy and just glides right down, <laughs> bites him off. All right, see, bro. no one's got nothing to say there. <laughs> let, let, let's get back into we're We're, we're going to take forever to get to this if we keep bird walking the way we are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the one bird walking. I'm not the one talking about talking about. We've talked about other movies as much as we've talked about the Punisher in the show. <laughs> I'm not saying you're doing it, Kevin. It, it's very much maybe, a mean. M- yeah, m- maybe we should watch some other film, and maybe we shouldn't have watched the Punisher. <laughs> no, no, we should have watched the Punisher. I am still campaigning for a review of Pride of the X Men. Just uh, throwing that out there. I have no idea what that is, but uh, I guess yeah. You know what, Kevin? You and I what? should do a review of. Okay, Pride you of the you literally just bird walked us into a completely different property <laughs> again. Yes, once again, stop doing that. <laughs> okay, okay. Just just a little friendly reminder: we have been going for an hour. So really, yes, yeah. The 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 recording timing is at fifty nine minutes on the dot. So uh, okay. Anybody want make- to talk about any of the mafia? That was on this, what they, what they thought of the mafia because they were all disposable. I, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, because I, I even, couldn't even tell they were part of different families. They, they all seemed like they were exactly the same. It's just a different Italian guy that says the F bomb with a tie, you know, with a tie on. They were forgettable. I mean, it was, it was hard to know which was a time because none of them eat pasta in this movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, All right. Okay. They drink yeah. wine, but they don't eat pasta. Where, where, where's, where's my fish and shrimp and everything else? <laughs> All right. Moving on. Drink it on, drink it on. All right. Even we the Asian mean, mafia was throwaway. They were just, I mean, I was expecting much Yakuza. more. It's called a Yakuza. 
Oh yeah, the Yakuza, which none, which Yakuza. none of the mafia knew what they were. I was like, "Are you serious?" Like Yakuza, what's that? And I was like, that was probably serious? for the benefit of the generic audience who may not know what Yakuza is. Also, in the eighties, it, it was less of a known entity. Yeah, we're we're living in the post rush hour yeah, movie era the- where everyone knows what Yakuza is because we've seen Jackie Chan and. Chris Tucker fight them. And the, the thing about it is during this time period, the Yakuza was a, com- was a uh, common thing in movies. It was like a, it was like a hot thing to make a movie about because at the same time I saw this, I also saw showdown little Tokyo, which was also a Dolph Lundgren movie. Now that I think about it, which one um, showdown little Tokyo. I haven't seen them either. There's a lot of those movies I haven't seen. And, uh, you know, uh, s- and then um, Big Trouble in Little China, which wasn't so much Yakuza specific, but it was uh, another. Yeah, that was movie. pure mystical. Um, yeah. So, so we, we, I mean, I just, I think for me, the, the mafias, it was like, they could did something that more stood out for the characters mm-hmm. because yeah, they, they, just, they felt like they were just acting bad. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, not like badly. Well, some of them were, but they weren't like, they didn't give me nothing that I could um hold on to remember like yeah i'm gonna remember that villain for you know until after the movie after the movie was over i kind of forgot about the villains and that's why i took some notes down i was like oh yeah the most there were memorable villains. thing <laughs> the most memorable thing about the yakuza leader lady is that she went full out geisha at the end of the movie at the for end reasons <laughs> i'm still not sure of why yeah which once again harkens back to why i felt like this was r-rated batman because once again, we have someone with white paint on their face laughing maniacally right before they die. It, it just, you know, <laughs> and like John said, they're, they're, they, they couldn't have based it off each other because they were made around the same time that it just felt, it felt very, very familiar. Okay. The villains laughing maniacally We're made up. Okay. He, she's about to die. Oh, yep. She did. Look at there. It just, <laughs> I tell you one scene I did enjoy also, I, I, you know what? I like the action scenes in this movie. I do too. I'm trying to think yes. of all every. That's what I remembered the most is the action scenes because like the casino with the unlimited ammo. What, what was that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie we okay. just talked about earlier? That one, what was that Commando. Yes, it reminded me of like Commando. He was just like shooting and shooting and shooting. I like when the camera was panning closer to his face, but it was like nonstop shooting. Like, dude, how much bullets do you freaking have? Not saying that, that you're very good at uh, properly using your gun because we can argue about how to properly use a gun or not. We already well, know here, it's a movie, a- but still. Yeah, but here's the thing. The way he used the gun in this movie was far more believable than in the past few movies. I am not offended by the way they did that. Because at least he tried to pretend like his gun was kicking a little bit. Yeah. Like when he when he was ch- when he was using that chain fed gun in the casino, he, his body was at least shaking as it was going. Yeah. So I mean Yeah, he was shaking because he had the gun at the Holy Spirit shooting at. Well, <laughs> at any rate. <laughs> anyway um yeah i thought that was pretty cool although i like the be- um, beginning when it shows the casino and so forth but afterwards when it shows like all the detectives and everyone else coming inside to investigate i'm right there looking like they're on a soundstage now what happened did they change it or something did any of you catch that because it looked like to no. me when i was like they're looking it's like it lo- no longer looks like they're on, a, on the same casino scene or something now it looks like they're at a soundstage but it's everything every wall all the floors everything was gray with one staircase leading up. And I'm just thinking like, I think that's because he shot down all the machines 
we, we spent five minutes of nothing but him pulling a trigger, shooting a gun. There wasn't anything left to stand. That's why it looked like a stage because it was cleared out. Everything was on the ground. Everything was gray. Well, I, I don't eh, okay. know about that. <laughs> Maybe I should stop paying so much attention to detail with this. I, um, I thought but the, John, the, the, the but shoot but Kevin, at, Kevin, what? it's a comic what? book movie. Yes, it is. It is a comic book movie. Thank you for reminding me that. <laughs> Just like the Funhouse shootout scene, I was th- I was getting that Batman vibe with the yeah, Funhouse shootout scene. Yeah, that felt a little bit Joel Schumacher Batman to right. me. With- let, let's They're slide to- down and yeah. just spray machine guns <laughs> as we slide. That okay. enjoy the slide. <laughs> that I was a little bit, mm, but not not to the point where it was. It it felt like that was a little corny, but not drunken thespian rhyming his lines corny. <laughs> okay, so I have to ask this. I have to ask. What was the favorite kill in this movie? Because we were obviously watching the Punisher because he's killing in different styles and different ways. But what was the favorite kill in this movie? Okay, my favorite one, easy. Yes. Uh, it, it was it, it was towards the very beginning of the movie when the Yakuza was taking over the shipment of cocaine when the five families had just joined in the, the shootout in the shipyard and uh, the Punisher shoots the crossbow with the zip line attached to it through the he guy got mine too. into the van, <laughs> mine too. into the van. And then with zero respect for the guy he just killed, he just zip lines down the zip line. He shot into the sky <laughs> while he's shooting a machine gun at everybody else. <laughs> you got my favorite too. I was like, best kill in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I need somewhere to shoot my zip line. Oh, look, there's a guy. Got it. It's like, what would Quentin Tarantino do right there? <laughs> <laughs> Although my uh, second favorite kill was at the end when he was fighting the uh, guy with that spear and he pins him to the wall. Oh, yeah, that was. Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He sticks up there. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah. I'm glad he didn't use no cheesy. You know what? I'm glad he didn't use no cheesy lines because I think that would have taken me out because. Yeah, if you would have been Schwarzenegger, like, stick around. around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, I, I will say that going back to the, the casino scene, that line he says where he picks up the guy and he says, so long as those kids are gone, you lose money. Tell your boss that. And then drops him and starts shooting up. That, I liked that line. That I yeah. felt like was, was really powerful. I, I appreciated the fact that they didn't feel like they needed to add extra levity to this movie to make to lighten it right. up a little bit. It was like they went into it saying, this is a dark character. It's going to be a dark movie. Right. Right. I knew it got dark um, more when they, when the um, Yakuza stole the kids mm-hmm. and when they shot that um, nanny right there mm-hmm. in front of the kids, I'm like, Oh my God. Like, Oh, that's right. This isn't this time period. They could, they could do, they could get away with that in the eighties or yeah. Eighties, nineties, right. early nineties. They had people 80s. smoking in this movie. You know what? I, I, I keep forgetting because I watched so many older films. And then I watch no, newer films. I don't think about it, but yeah. Yeah. People were smoking, people were drinking, mm-hmm. people were just um saying things that no film would ever say in today, ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I was like, this is, I mean, it felt more, I guess that brings it back down to making it feel more realistic in that form. Okay. So being as we we're jumping off format here, not talk going scene by scene, because fact of the matter is that's going to take us another two hours to do with the way we're yeah. doing things. Uh, let's, let's talk about Lewis Gossett Jr.'s uh, new partner. You want to talk about a wasted character that had what, no was, yes. what was there to talk about her? She was like, she, okay. she is the Robin. She is the Robin. She gives Lewis Gossett Jr. Someone to talk to so we can hear his inner thoughts, but he doesn't seem crazy. 
by talking to himself. Like her, her sole purpose in this movie was to get him down in the sewers. And then after that, she disappeared. Now, yeah. what I will say that I am happy about is that the filmmakers did not use her to try to force some kind of romantic relationship into this movie. Yes. Right. Yeah. I get so well, tired. The doesn't that have freaking troll interests. That, that that's the whole thing. That would be disingenuous to the origin of the character. Cause he's so upset about his wife. Yeah, because movie makers dead. completely respect the comic books, right? Well, they should. <laughs> um, I get tired and, of that trope with any movie. Like I don't, not everyone has to be in romantic or about to get into a romance in every single story. It just gets true. Oh, and, and true. cause, and did it for anybody else? Does she give you the, the vibes of, uh, RoboCop's uh, sidekick, lady sidekick in the first RoboCop. Movie. Kind of, yeah, with the short hair, the big black coat. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could see that. Yeah, the I'm trying to prove myself in a man's world vibe, and yeah, I, what, Honestly, what I didn't get was I've watched what? I've watched the first RoboCop, and I still never cared for it to this day. So I don't know. Last time I saw it was like Dude. seven years ago, and I still Dude. don't like it. You Are you sure you watched the one from 87 and not the remake that they made with the... Uh, I've watched them both. I've watched them both, and I just still do not... Wa- I don't really care for the newer one too much, but I still do not like the, the old original <sighs> 80s my heart one. so much, dude. Oh, uh, whatever. The RoboCop trilogy? It. The RoboCop trilogy was such an important part of me, my preteen years. That's right, everybody. I saw RoboCop before I had two digits in my age. <laughs> well, I if think you were you watching RoboCop the Punisher, you had a lot eight. of things. <laughs> I'd say that would kind of set that standard there. But I, um, they had RoboCop, they had RoboCop toys and cartoons. So I, you know, it does, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's uh, so zipping towards the end there. I mean, that that ending. Okay, you talk about Kill Bill. That was Kill Bill with a whole yes! red. Yes. So, okay, Punisher kills the last mafia guy in front of his kid, and the kid's like, I'm gonna kill you! And he's like, do it. And it it just completely took me to uh, Vivica Fox's uh, character in the first Kill Bill at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Like, everything turns red. I think everything turns red so they can't show the blood and everything else because it probably wouldn't have passed for theaters. That's what my guess, because it Everything turns it, red. Yeah, the red rooms. Remember how everything was? They were fighting in the red rooms. Er, er, the whole everywhere was red. They were fighting towards the end. It's because he killed the power. Oh, you yeah. and I are talking about two different parts, bro. I'm, I'm talking, talking about, about how every, you know, when you when you cover up a certain particular extremely violent scene that's about to happen, so you do it so that way it's still that R rating, but it gets you past so that way. You know, I get because it. No, I, I get what you're talking about, bro. I, I know what scene you're talking about, but you and me are talking about two different parts of the movie. I'm not talking about when Dol- just the generally speaking, the end. I'm talking about the very end scene when Dolph Lundgren kills the mafia guy. In yeah, that's of part of it too. I, I, I'm just saying from the very beginning of that, right. when, the, when the lights cut off yeah. to the very end where he points the gun at him, mm-hmm. that's like, that's all Kill Bill. Right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm talking very specifically when he kills that mafia guy in front of his kid. Okay. Um. Very reminiscent of when in Kill Bill, where uh, Uma Thurman goes to Vivica A. Fox's house and ends up killing her character in, you know, in that knife fight. And then her daughter's there in the kitchen and they parallel very well next to each other like that. 
So when you said kill Bill, I'm like, that's where my mind went. Uh, um, because, because when she's clear, cleaning off the knife, uh, Uma Thurman's like, I didn't mean for you to see this, you know, but if you grow up and you still feel raw about it, I'll be waiting. Yeah. And that's almost, <laughs> that's almost the exact same thing that Dolph Lundgren tells him. Yeah. He's like, be a good man. Or no, he's like, he's like, you're a good kid. Stay that way or I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make sure Which is a very punishing thing the video store. So how many times has Quentin Tarantino seen this movie? Right. Along with Good, Bad, and the Ugly and the others. The oh, but it, it's common knowledge that, that Quentin Tarantino, quote, borrows from other movies. So <laughs> Yeah, so is most other directors. So If you do it well. I mean, more so with him, but yeah. So um, last yeah, action mean, scene I talk about is the bus chase scene. Oh, yeah, that was that was good, dude. That was actually pretty well executed for a bus chase scene, especially when that one mafia guy just jumps right through the bus and starts fighting. I was like, that's pretty impressive to have the kids and everything else because I know I time didn't restraint. I know where he came from. I must have blinked or something. I had no clue how he ended up on the bus in the first place. He, he Okay, so the bus crashed into another car and the guy went through the windshield, through the bus's windshield onto the bus. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It, it was very brief, but if you're, if you're paying attention, you can see it happen. Okay, because um, I'm just sitting there. He's driving, then all of a sudden, this guy comes running up the aisle. I'm like, "Dang, where did he come from?" Uh, but I mean, to be perfectly honest, the people who made this movie knew what people were going to this movie for. Like, mm-hmm. if you were going to give this movie a different name than The Punisher, it would be called Action Scene: The Movie. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, remember what I just said? Who um did the, the directing for this movie? He did all those editings for the tr- um the Terminator movies, the Predator mm-hmm. movie. The, the howling and um true lies. Oh, and this man has he's he had a very basis on action, so he knew how to do a clean action film. When I say clean, I mean a clean cut. It, mm-hmm. it, it went from point A to point B of contact, switch scenes, point A, point B, contact, switch scene. Because so many times when I see an action movie, especially today, they're they're always cutting like what that um like a taken two or three with Liam Johnson right. Liam Neeson jumps over the fence and there's thirty different cuts for it. Like why? Oh yeah, smash editing. I get it. I hate smash editing. I do too. Uh, but here's here's the thing though. In a lot of the movies where they where it's nonstop action scenes, like it was in this movie, the story has a tendency to suffer because it's just action. Right. I didn't feel that in this movie. Like legit, it felt natural and it felt good to me. Yeah. So another movie that works for Mad Max Fury Road. I haven't seen one. It long it, it, you, oh my goodness this is the movie i, I had to just say to you and the rest of the audience listening if you haven't seen it you must see that if you don't watch any of the mad max films okay whatever but watch mad I've max s- fury road i've seen mad max no, and i've seen mad max beyond the thunderdome so i haven't seen uh the road warrior and i haven't seen fury road you you missed the two best ones in my opinion the two <laughs> best how did you miss the two best ones you missed you, i mean you watched two good ones but the two best ones is the road warrior and um, Fury road, which I've well, had met a couple of the actors from um, um, the road warrior and they autographed my stuff. For me. Oh, you know, Tina Turner, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Tina Turner was awesome. And still is awesome. <laughs> she, she, she was in the third movie. So yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. Um, does it, before we go to the ratings, does anybody have any final thoughts on this movie at all? Let me in. Why don't you let me in, John? <laughs> let me in. See, that scene would, I think, would have been so much better if they had led up to it a little bit. 
Because that was yeah, the first they... time those two characters had met in the whole mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. If they had had some interaction at some point and built to that moment, I feel like that would have been less comical. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't really have the screen chemistry to pull that pull that sh- scene no, off very well. They didn't. It just felt kind of forced, and felt like Louis Gossett Jr. was doing his all right there, but it just didn't match with the tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, um, because you didn't felt that dynamic type of character chemistry between them two, like they really known each other. It was like, okay, here's your first time together being on the scene, and they're both looking like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm Dolph Lundgren. You're Louis Gossett Jr. Let's do the scene together that we have never practiced for. Right. <laughs> right. All right. That kid well, was pretty. That pre- I remember the kid. The kid was pretty. Um, I'm trying to think of the word for it. He was not bad for a child actor. The he one was the, decent the for a child actor, yeah. for real. Yeah. Like, because when I think the of child scene. actors, when yes. I try, when I think of child actors from that time, I start thinking of the movie Problem Child. <laughs> <laughs> that makes hey, me. Hey, you want, want some lemonade? <laughs> that mo- that thinking of that child actor makes me want to set myself on fire like a protesting Buddhist monk. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are talking about a movie besides Punisher again. <laughs> I'm just saying but, you know, we're, we're children, talking about we're not, we're not going deep in conversations like you would for like ten minutes about a comic book. Okay, anyway. you know what? No, no, <laughs> no. Ring it in. No, okay, no, oh, no, bring up the noise. We we about to go there. We about to go there. All right. Look, that Rain is my in. role. That is what I am supposed to do. Okay. I Rain am the comics guy. That is my Rain job. It. Stop. Well, you know what? You here right now? You're here. You're here to, is to review a movie, not to review a comic book. Okay. So based stop. on a comic book. Stop. So what? Stop. All right. <laughs> you know, stop. I gotta say, stop. stop. I will. I will. Don't make me stop this podcast and turn it around. I will do it. <laughs> Please relieve me from my suffering. I will do it. this podcast over right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Dallas, if you're listening, just know that I respect your contribution to this show. <laughs> I got to say of, of, of everyone that would have had a, 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 a moment here. I did not think it would be between Kevin and I, <laughs> right? All right. So let's, let's, let's go ahead and go to our ratings here. Uh, so we'll start with Branson because Kevin gets mad every time we start with him. So I do not get mad. <laughs> now Who you're getting mad? mad. Now you're getting mad. Cause I'm not starting with you. I can't Branson. No, no. go. go. <laughs> okay. We don't call the angry Irishman for nothing. Okay. Ratings for this one. Uh, I've got to, I've, I've got to give some disclaimers here. Uh, one, I didn't care for the language. Uh, too many F bombs very unnecessary uh two i felt like one of my favorite characters in the movie was completely underutilized uh because i would have liked to have seen the play off of uh the punisher who is hopeless versus lewitt gossett jr's character who is full of hope and how they kind of pulled against each other i thought as far as uh story and, and filming it was well done uh, it wasn't as cheesy as I thought it would have been, as I expected it to be, given that it was made in the 80s and it was an action film. Uh, I personally will probably not watch this again just because I didn't care for some of the decisions they made. But I can completely see where others would enjoy it and want to watch it multiple times. So while personally, I don't think I'm going to watch this again. 
for a rating for our listening audience, I'm going to give it a middle shelf. Right. I, I, I think it's, it's not okay. That's confusing for me like, because you understand what the shelving purposes is, right? Right. But I'm also, I'm also playing it against my own personal preferences. No, the your issues, own. Well, I want to hear yours. I don't want to hear everyone else's. I hear everyone else's all the time. I hear John's all the time. And sometimes I get tired of that. I want to hear <laughs> yours. Okay. Look, I, I, gave yours? The, I gave the rating that I gave. Is that your but rating me, or is that just what you want you want people to hear so that way they don't come attacking you with pitchforks and knives? No, it's not that at all. I, y'all are the only people I have an interaction with at all. And so as so long as you don't well, come attacking me with pitchforks. I change that real quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, did, I didn't like the movie, but the reasons I didn't like the movie are not reasons that I could translate to the audience at large. So for the rating, it's good enough that I'm going to give it a middle shelf. Just personally, there were some some hiccups that if, if you took the language out, if you took the language out and did something with Lewis Gossett Jr.'s character, I absolutely would watch this again because I thought it was well done. I just, so I don't want to give it a bottom shelf for two things I didn't like. So I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate it middle shelf uh, for the, the audience. All right. Do you want to go last or next, Kevin? Uh, yeah. I'll go. All right. Uh, for me, this hit all the sweet spots for me had the eighties action that I love it. It was, it was cheesy without being tedious. Um, it had actors in it that I felt were appropriate for their parts. Although I think Dolph Lundgren could have brought a little bit more to the character. Um, uh, they didn't force an, a romance that did belong in there. Um, you know, they weren't afraid to go places like kidnapping the kids or like Kevin said, shooting the nanny in front of the kids or, any of that i i I, you know i i came into it with high expectations because of my nostalgia from watching it with my dad and this it it still met my expectations i when i watched this movie i was grinning like a dope fiend the entire movie i was just i was a kid on christmas as happy as a pig in poop violence is john's drug of choice you know say what you want this is everything that a good 80s action movie should have in it that's why, and I think this is the first time I've done it. I'm putting it on the top shelf. No way. Really? Yeah. Top shelf. Top shelf. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just want to point out that John I have has no idea who's applauding for that, but I know I'm <laughs> that not. That's the only reason that happened. <laughs> It's probably because it's the very first time someone actually put something on the top shelf. So I guess mm-hmm. I can. Yes. That, yes. Uh, okay. Because here's, here's the thing. Applause. Wait a minute. You here's here's the stuff on Mars Attacks, didn't you? Or no? No, I think I put it on the middle shelf. You like something thing. above Mars Attacks? Oh my God. Dude, don't make me okay. backhand you. I, I will slap the Irish out of your mouth. Nah, that's okay. Um, my beard will help cushion. He's in a patient. punishing mood right now. Just watch out. You know. <laughs> but no, here we go. Based off the ratings, based off our rating systems, though, I will show this to any, almost anybody. I'll be like, this movie is amazing. I will watch this movie repeatedly. I think everybody should watch this movie. Everybody who likes 80s action movies, not just comic books, not just, you know, 80s action. Watch this movie. If you liked, if you like the Expendables movies, watch this movie. You know, if you liked Rambo, watch this movie. So that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Would you watch this movie with anyone you said? Pretty much anyone. Would you watch it with the eight-year-old? Yeah. I watched it at eight years old. 
I mean, like someone else is here. It's like, here you go, kid. Why did you shoot the nanny? You know, as long as as long as their parents, (laughs) as long as their parents didn't care, you know, you know, I'm not someone's parent. You know, if 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 it were my kid, if my kid was eight years old, absolutely, I'd watch this with my own kid. Okay, a large part of that too. Speaking of a thing called adopt a child program, you should go ahead and try it and get. Speaking as a father, a large part of that is knowing your child too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there there are movies that uh, my oldest is ten, and there are PG thirteen movies that I don't have a problem with him seeing because I know that he can handle the content, he understands. Uh, And there are some PG thirteen movies that I don't let him watch because I don't think it's appropriate. It's like we were actually. discussing that it's 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 about it's about knowing your child and knowing what they can handle mm-hmm. yeah i can you know, that's why you, you, i'm just you i'm just giving you don't you don't jobs. trust the movie rating as a, oh yeah well it's pg-13 so any 13 year old can watch it uh you know anyone who puts their full trust in a, on a, in a film rating that is made by um like 13 different random people i, I would not trust mm-hmm. all right because i so on that note are. let's hear about the rating from this random guy here yeah, okay, for our rating Kevo. system <laughs> Sorry, I thought the irony there was funny. What what are you giving this movie? Because we got a middle shelf, we got a top shelf. Okay. I am going to be that person who does that. Um this this film is actually, I'd say, entertains because in order for a movie to be, you know, for me to watch it to be decent, it has to be has to entertain. Whether it's good entertainment or bad entertainment, if I'm enjoying it whatsoever, then yeah. I mean, I'm definitely giving a pass towards a film that entertains me. I very much enjoy the action scenes a bit more than I thought I possibly um, would. But then again, like I told you, I've seen this movie about like 25 times or so. Um, I The only thing like I didn't care for was like roles that could have just been easily thrown away, such as um, I can't remember what her name was. Louis Gossett's um, new partner. Yeah. So much of an 80s trope. It's like, I don't need a partner. I got I've had partners back in my time. Oh, they like crud. Um. <laughs> It's decent. It's passable. It's something I would recommend to many people. And I believe most people, most people would enjoy compared to other Punisher films, if you've seen it. So mm-hmm. me, it's not, it's not trash. It's not, I'm not throwing the dumpster. It's not bottom shelf. I just can't find it to be a top shelf, but I'm definitely putting it in the middle shelf. All, All right. right. It gets the middle shelf. It gets the middle shelf. I can be happy that you guys put it on the middle shelf. I in listening to you guys, I fully was, I was fully aware that I enjoyed this more than everybody else here. And that's fine. In my opinion, this is the best Punisher movie that's out there. currently. Well, no, okay. I will agree with you what? there. It, it's better than the Thomas Jane one for sure. I never saw war journal, but I enjoyed this more than the Thomas war zone. Punisher. War zone is really, is really good. That probably would be a better movie if they would have had a different bad guy in that movie. Oh, okay. Jigsaw was just, a bad choice because that felt <laughs> so corny. <laughs> gotcha. Wait, we're not going to argue about this movie anymore. I don't think we mean? argued about this movie at all. I think can, we, can, can yeah, I change my all... rating? That way we can start an argument. Please. No, I think I should no, change it to a please, bottom shelf. No, that way we can find no, something to argue with no, that look, way. Our... Nobody on the Facebook freaking groups can actually vote because no one knows how to vote on anything. <laughs> uh, hey, Excuse me, excuse me. Someone excuse did me, vote. excuse me. Someone did vote. Someone very important to me, and y'all had a whole exchange. Yeah, yeah she she keeps talking. <laughs> All right, so well, let's let's head on over to. So, how do we at the bottom shelf rate this film? We at the bottom shelf have rated this movie as a contested middle shelf. Very good. 
Yay. All right. So let's go ahead and go on over to the weak connections uh, and uh, see where we go from there. This is a weak connection. All right. Weak connections. Does anybody other than myself have a weak connection for this movie? Yeah, I have a weak connection. Go for it, bro. I'm feeling pretty weak right now. So let's go ahead and start with that. All right. Um, <laughs> my weak connection comes from Proverbs 12.12 and the NIV version. And uh, versus the nearly the, inspired version for those of you who don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the new international version. Do we need to explain to our audience what this is? Why, why we do this or no, no, no. Okay, I, I think I, I just, if they've been listening I, long enough, they should know if they don't, but yeah, I, just, I can understand. I was just, I was just slagging you about the NIV. I always call it the nearly inspired version. <laughs> I, I appreciate all forms of slagging. Okay. So Proverbs twelve twelve. It um, says, the wicked desire the stronghold of evildoers, but the roots of the righteous endures. So in this film, we see one mafia boss go after another mafia boss. They're all fighting each other, each with a personal agenda to become more powerful and become number one. Because this is a theme in the films with the villains, if you can remember who they were. They, and they do this by killing off each other. They kill off each other's henchmen. Their families down to bribery, hurting um, innocent children along the way. Um, they steal the children. The Japanese in this movie, they steal the innocent children so that way they can have more power and so forth. And they believe whatever um, they have is never enough because whatever they have, it's just they, they need to get more. And it leads them to murdering each other until the power that they envied from another goes to another mafia boss line. Now, I'm not saying that any of us will ever do that, or many of us will ever be in that type of situation. Hopefully, Lord, not if you need to. Um, there's a 100 prayer line you can call. However, um, I have acknowledged, and we acknowledge this the base, that the root of our faith as Christians lies that we um, don't have that desire to obtain what um, powers, property, or other things God has for us at the moment in this life. So whatever God has for us, he has for us. I don't need to envy upon somebody else i don't need because where does my root lie in my root lies in righteousness it rides in it lies in christ so if we are in christ um we don't live or desire for things or ideals of protection from others but from god it's the holy spirit that comforts and guides me into the acceptance of with humbleness with what we already have because one day we're all going to leave this all behind, and there's nothing else for us to um, cling on to, hold on to, because our strength lies in God. And so that's my root of my the righteousness. It lies in Christ. So I don't need to desire anything else of any, anyone, because sometimes it, we fall into situations where it feels like, well, if I had this, if I had more money, if I had a, another vehicle, which would be grand, but if I had a bigger house or something else, I could do that, but I also have to realize what God has blessed me with and what God has given me with. That's what I'm thankful for. So that is my weak connection that I somehow turned to a, a pastoral um, talk about. <laughs> hey, nothing uh, wrong with that. Do you have anything, Branson? Uh, just a short idea of, you know, the we've all heard about, you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the Punisher, just because of his character, throws that out the window. Right. Uh, one of the things that, really stuck out to me as much as we hate the rhyming uh, Shakespearean actor was that when he told castle, Hey, they're, they've kidnapped these kids of these mafia guys. And his attitude was, well, that's the mafia's problem. You know, mm -hmm. uh, 
which was seemed kind of hypocritical because the whole reason he became the Punisher was because of the death of his children. Mm-hmm. And that just to me shows what it looks like to be, to live a life without hope, to live mm-hmm. a life where, you know, nothing matters so that even when other people are in the same situation that you are, you don't feel that sense of empathy. You don't feel that sense of, well, I want to prevent that. I know I keep comparing this movie to Batman, but that's what sets Batman apart from the Punisher is the Batman takes his trauma and says, I don't want that to happen to anyone else. Whereas the Punisher says, I'm just mad and I want to kill people, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think it's important to not lose sight of that hope, to hold on to that hope so that we can empathize and sympathize with other people when they're going through uh, those hard times. We never get to this cold hearted place of, well, you know, stakes that their kids are in a bad spot. I don't care. Uh, That's a very weak connection, but that's what I've got. That's fine. That works. You know what? I suddenly remember. I'm wearing a Batman shirt. Is that why you're making all these Batman references? Because of the shirt I'm wearing? <laughs> I just suddenly remembered that. Uh, you know, we'll go with it, sure. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I have. I also have a weak connection as well. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All of us have a weak connection this time. Uh, mine comes from Galatians 6, uh, verses 7 and 8. Uh, which is, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows of his own flesh will reap corruption, but one who sows to the Spirit will will reap from the Spirit eternal life. And that is from the Extremely Sanctified Version, um, the ESV. And uh, Oh, I thought he was going to say the message, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, that would that would make uh, that would make Dallas uh, keel over and die if I were to. I quote think the I message. hear him screaming over in South Shreveport right now. There's there's this <laughs> voice in the air. <laughs> you know, I'm up here in Washington State, and I can hear him screaming. <laughs> uh, but no, in this movie, uh, the Punisher, you know, from a different perspective, uh, is kind of working as as the the scripture says here that. You know, if you reap of the flesh, if you re- sow in the flesh, you'll reap corruption. And uh, all the bad people in this movie, you know, they're they're kind of reaping uh, the consequences of their action. And, and at the end, uh, Frank Castle kind of lays that out, saying, "You know, you're a good kid. Stay that way, because if you don't, I'm coming for you." And it, it just goes to show the consequences to your actions that if you reap, if you reap in wickedness, if you, if you, I mean, sorry, if you sow in wickedness, uh, you know, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So, you know, you're whatever you reap in the flesh um, is always going to end up leading to the ways of death. But if you reap in the spirit, you know, if, if you, if you, not not necessarily of our own righteousness, but through the righteousness of Jesus, uh, we have eternal life, and we have will have life abundantly, as Jesus said, "I've come, I've come to give you life and life abundant." Um, and so, you know, that that's that's kind of where I went with uh, coming up with a weak connection for this, and not as not as pastoral as Pastor uh, Burnham here. But I gotta say, Kevin really he he normally doesn't have one, but the the, he, he the episode he spoke of, he brought up a really good one. I feel like well, I need to pass because I'm only part because I'm only like um, three credit hours away from getting my pastoral degree. Hey, Hi, all right, yeah. So you know. I've actually turned in one hour, and they're like, "Okay, it's one hour credit now. Can you do the other three? Because this has been going on for years now." <laughs> 
Get it done, man. Yeah, make so that, people want to get happen. married. I'll marry you, and I'll just charge you a thousand dollars. Just saying that. You no, know, Kevin, I don't need you to marry me. I don't. I know it's legal now, <laughs> oh, but I, I, I'm. You're funny. I'm taken. <laughs> well, all right. That does bring us to the end of the episode here. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. If you have liked this podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe. Uh, that puts us in front of like-minded individuals like yourself. And we would like to see this podcast get bigger and wackier and just see where God wants to take this, uh, takes, take this show. Um, and uh, where uh, Branson, where can people find you on the interwebs? What do you want to promote about yourself before we go? I have a small division of comp talk called bees use and reviews where I review faith-based family friendly comics and I promote the creators that make them. Uh, so if you have a faith-based family friendly comic that you would like for me to review and or promote, you can contact me at branson.boykin at gmail.com, or you can reach out to me through all of geek devotion, social media. I'm there most of the time. All right, Kevin, how can people get more of you on the internet? If people Easy are like, answer. I need people are like, I need more of that Irish goodness. I need to stick them in my ear hole. How do people do that? Uh, I would just say, stay away. If you got to stick me in your <laughs> ear hole, that's the first thing I would say. <laughs> then I recommend some psychiatrists that would help you with that situation. <laughs> okay. But other than that, if you're feeling and you wish to desire to, you can follow me on YouTube, Facebook. If you like seeing wonderful, funny memes, don't, and other things about myself. You could also see me on Instagram and sometimes Twitter. I'm at the Dapper Man Reviews. I've also just started doing written reviews on Letterboxd. So for those who don't like to hear my voice or see my face, which I can under completely understand why I took it down all my mirrors, you can read my reviews. And sometimes you'll find my reviews on the Geek Devotions YouTube, which there'll be something coming up or it's already out now. And some written ones as well. I took I down all say, my mirrors because I'm afraid of Bloody Mary, but that's a completely different thing. <laughs> I will say I this. I say Candyman too many times. <laughs> I took uh, both my boys to see Sonic 2 based on a Dapper Man review, and it did not disappoint. I enjoyed it. My boys enjoyed it. We, it was fun for the whole family, and I knew it was a good place to take them because I watched a Dapper Man review. So. Yeah, I, thank you. I grandly appreciate that. Oh, also, let's to our listeners that if you are desiring family friendly reviews, that's what I do. Um, I know I joke in here a lot, but I do family. i spend a lot of time and hours writing down what's inside the film. And sometimes I go with a notepad, which seems to tick off a person beside me, but I'm like, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it for me and for other people on YouTube. So yeah. Thank you. What All about right. you, man? Where people would find Mr. John. Me? I have so yeah. many projects. I only do one per episode. This episode, I am promoting a new podcast that is starting up next month called We Read Allegedly. Uh, it is a book review podcast that I am doing with uh, Celeste Mora, the wife of our intrepid captain, as well as Squid, who you've heard on the show as well. Uh, we are... we read books we discuss them it's going to be a monthly show also an extension of the geek devotions network as well so check out geekdevotions.com and find out more information about that and when we launch our first episode in the month speaking awesome. of geek devotions um aren't you guys going to be having like a 
con you two are going to eventually uh, soon? Uh, actually, in August, we are going yes. to GeekedCon in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, Branson's going to be there. Uh, Celeste and Dallas actually are going to have a booth there representing Geek Devotions. And a bunch of people from my one of my other podcasts called Playing Games of Strangers are going to show up there as well. Uh, so if you're familiar with any of those properties, come to GeekedCon in Shreveport in August. If you see us on the floor, stop us and say, hey, we'd love to chat with you and just talk geekiness. So and if you're maybe, maybe, maybe you guys should bring some bad movies and have them autographed to bad movies, <laughs> including Battlefield Earth. No, dude. Make sure I'm, make sure you bring it in ashes form. All the all the all the bad movies that I have bought for the show, I am keeping. I enjoy them. And I just bought I just bought a mystery box from Second and Charles. So I have plenty of movies to draw from for bad movies for future seasons of the show. Have you been finding some decent stuff? Because I know we got one here in Jacksonville, Florida, and also um when I used to live in Tampa, Florida, there is a couple of them. I just never know about the mystery box, but I'm pretty sure if I buy the box, I'm like, I already got that. Or oh, maybe like something. Kevin, I looking at your collection you have behind you, I'd be hard pressed to think of a movie <laughs> that you don't already have. So <laughs> Speaking uh, of movies that we're going to be talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what? Um, you know what? Month of, I don't month know of, what to make of this rubbish bin because there's a lot of tomatoes on top of this. And I don't know what to make of it. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, so you guys know. So that's um, that's what I think we're going to be reviewing next because let me wipe this. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That's what we're going to be reviewing next. So, yeah. And for for those of you who don't have a translator, when what he's saying is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> okay. That too, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It's tomatoes, not tomato. It's basil, not basil. You it's aluminum, not aluminum. Gasoline. You know I, I do not say petrol. aluminum. Because I think aluminum sounds better than aluminium. It, why? Why go through the extra syllables? So you take you what? take vitamins, not vitamins. Okay, you know. What, well, while we're chasing this pronunciation thing, I just want to point out that we have failed to have a show that is shorter than the movie we reviewed. I know we, it. No, we did. We, we just keep hit. We, we just hit an hour forty five minutes. Yep. Well, <laughs> the person who's listening will say, "Why do we keep saying hour forty five minutes? It's like an hour and a half. We're almost over because." The Edits. power of editing. Yeah. So but. anyway, uh, before we drag this out any longer, uh, <laughs> we've, we, we have said our goodbyes. So thanks for listening and Godspeed. Cause I'm Ben Avery now. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Adios.